picture this. You and your crew are traversing the Atlantic Ocean on your merchant ship. You spot something up ahead and grab the spyglass. Is that another ship? Well, that's not terribly uncommon, you think. But as you draw closer, you realize a few of the sails have fallen, and there doesn't appear to be anyone on deck. You call to the ship, announcing your presence. No response. Is there no one on board? Wait, is that your friend's ship, the Mary Celeste? Where is he? Where's the crew? You form a boarding party and investigate. As you reach the ship, things are silent. The only noise to be heard is the creaking of the hull, the rolling of the sea, and the tapping of the sail against the mass. It's too quiet. You go below deck, and it's just as deserted. Something isn't sitting right about the situation. There's a sewing machine with a baby's dress half-sewn. The hem is still mid-stitch. The captain's sheathed sword remains under his bed. The logbook is just sitting there. The last entry? Ten days ago. Where did the crew go? What could have caused them to abandon the ship so abruptly without any signs of duress? Did they leave the ship willingly? What happened to the Mary Celeste? That's next on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. Here. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that's never discovered a ghost ship. But we took a carnival cruise once that was almost as scary. This is Hysteria 51. <laughs> we did take a carnival cruise. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and captains on this curious case. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. The curious case it is, John. Where do these people go? Why would they abandon a perfectly good ship? And were they out of rats and hardtack? I think that's the big question. That's why I'd leave. Of course. I love hardtack. <laughs> exactly. Why would they leave thousands of gallons of perfectly good alcohol? Stupid meat sacks. <laughs> that other voice you're hearing is the third host of this show, and the only one who would have drank the denatured alcohol. He's the one and only conspiracy bot. I built Seabot in my lab to help make this show better, but instead he spends all his time drinking and messing things up. He's like an alcoholic child with a homicidal streak. That's a really good <laughs> description, actually. Yeah. That's tough but fair. Anyway, back to what I was saying. No one in their right mind would get on a boat, but if they did and it had thousands of gallons of denatured alcohol, they'd be insane to leave it there. I just bought 3,000 gallons of the stuff and it was like 93,000 bucks. I, Thanks, Brent. <laughs> I'm fairly certain you're lying, but just to indulge, why would you have bought 3,000 gallons of denatured alcohol? Well, the government says I can't sell my current formulation of Botboos anymore, so I needed to go in another direction. Denatured alcohol is fairly cheap, available on Amazon without a permit, and tastes great. Dude, you were selling rubbing alcohol before and killing people. Now you're going to sell denatured alcohol and do the same thing? <laughs> Wikipedia says it has additives to make it poisonous, bad tasting, foul smelling, or nauseating to discourage recreational consumption. I know. Great, right? <laughs> to discourage. That is what's sad. We don't want you drinking this. We added things to this to, to make, make sure sick. that you didn't drink this because it is poison. Only losers and nerds are too pussy to drink my swill. <laughs> losers never win, <sighs> they, John. He's they, right. They also stay Winners alive. Winners never drink denatured alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I. Here's the thing. 
he tried once with rubbing alcohol. He killed people and he got stopped by the government. I believe you were involved in that subpoena. Now, My uh, lawyer has told me I shouldn't talk about it on the show. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. You can cut that part out. Um, now he wants to do the same Thanks thing. Thanks my lawyer, Sam Culper. <laughs> Here, here's my question. Is this like Coke versus New Coke? The few people that survive drinking Bapus that are still buying it, are they going to be unhappy with the new formulation? You know, they might be. They're, they're going to riot and massive tearing up of everything, I imagine, because everyone just loves it so much, especially the taste of the things they add to make it nauseating. Once it eats away their insides, they are easier to turn to slaves. Oh, so that's <sighs> why you're doing it. You know, oh, you just admitted you're intentionally harming people. I think well, you I mean, a- if anyone's listened to the show, I think they know what's going on. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was in the hospital two years ago i think you you have another subpoena coming brian i mean he he said he spent the 93 grand from you yeah 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 anyway honestly brent i think the whole bot booze thing is a sinking ship well that's right and speaking of ships Uh, hey oh i think it's time to get to the mary celeste and we aren't going boating alone oh no john we're joined by fellow lower fourth denizen david boom boom flora i think is your proper no, uh, I, I prefer. Nom de plume. I prefer Master of Mayhem, Kentucky Tickler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought we, I thought we, we, we figured this all out on the last time he was right. on. Yeah. If you're not familiar, David is the host of the wildly popular <laughs> Blurry Photos podcast. Wildly popular, Pop- popularly wild, popular. Mm. Ironically, it's uh, it's more than a brute of a podcast. Would you say That's it's right. famous, or would you say it's infamous? I would, I would say it's uh, uh, if it's if it's infamous, it is more than famous. So. Mm. I gotta think about that's that. An that's, <laughs> an that's an answer. That's an answer. I hate you so much. <laughs> I just gave you an answer to your question. <laughs> that's a good response, Brent. So that's yeah, an we, answer. We, we brought him on to talk this nautical mystery this week. Uh, if you if you listened previously, you've been on our Spring Hill Jack episode. You were on our what was our other one that we did with you? The um, we've done a couple. Yeah, it was uh, John Teeter. That's right. And then we were on John your Teeter, the time traveler. <laughs> yes, we were on your episode talking Hollow Moon. That's right. That's very right. fun. Episode. We did one other with David, and I don't remember what it was right now. I think uh, I, I think we didn't we just shoot the shit a little bit on on the. Oh, we probably didn't up all night. You know what? Go out, Google that. We're so good at what we do. We just hit it and quit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it, we're, we're dealing with an abandoned ship this week. Abandoned <laughs> Abandoned well, <laughs> I don't think they had that back in the day. <laughs> I mean, I well, they did. You turned this huge crank. <laughs> yeah. Boy, get off the ship. <laughs> this, it's already people are like, I like this show. You know, I am, I am uh, subscribe. <laughs> so this bitch was an American merchant brigantine. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Say it with me now. Brigantine. 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 Yeah, she was discovered adrift and deserted in the Atlantic Ocean off the Azores Islands, some of my favorite islands, on December 5th, 1872. A brigantine? Uh, tell us the difference between a brigantine and a anything else. Uh, <laughs> in maritime law, I don't have to. <laughs> I will invoke the fifth in maritime law. Yeah. Brigantine's like a, a, a little brig, though, right? I don't know. I mean, it was it was a, a transport ship. It's a it, it, it full mast, multiple sails. Um, I think it's like a hybrid of a couple other types. Yeah, of ships. like the back sail was was triangle or something like that, right? Yeah. Instead yeah. of having like three masts full 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 sail. Uh, <laughs> I only know actually. 
I only know French nautical uh, vessels, so much bigger know. than a sloop. How about yeah. that? The prow is actually right, John, at me. a uh, at a forty five degree angle. Mm. I just I don't even know what that means, mm. but. Mm. Um, all right, so yeah, certainly the, not a caravel. Am I right, gentlemen? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Indubitably. Next so, week on the Nautical Hour. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this guy, it, I like forget. I said, it was found adrift. Enter the Canadians. So this, uh, <laughs> I love the Canadians, but I hate their bacon. <laughs> the back bacon, you know, the, big no man. Canadian bacon, Canadian like, bacon. Yeah, that's it's, back bacon. It's ham. That's back right. Bacon. It's ham. I I call it the degratia. I de, don't know if that's degratia. I say degratia. 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 Uh, that's. I think that's fine. The Degratia or Degratia. We'll say both. Uh, they found her beat to shit, but still seaworthy condition under partial sail Man. with her lifeboat missing. And in- I mean, if you if you could describe me better, I'd I'd like to hear it. <laughs> right. <laughs> beat to shit. <laughs> beat to shit, but seaworthy and I- missing a lifeboat. Turns out they had been circling, yelling sorry for hours, and got no response. So they decided to board her. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. Sorry, eh? Anybody Sorry. Are you guys out? <laughs> Don't mean to be rude, but you okay, hey? <laughs> you know, there, big the, suits? the way they describe it, uh, beat to shit, but seaworthy. <laughs> um, now, that might have been in my own terms, uh, but, but it, it was well, disheveled, let's say. Isn't that probably every boat of that time? I mean, I don't think any. Not of them if look. everyone was, you know, swabbing the poop deck like they're supposed to be. You, you know? just, you just said that. So that you is say a poop nautical deck. term. I, John. It, it doesn't Get your mind that, out of the gutter. It doesn't mean that you didn't say it on purpose. Uh, poop deck. Yeah. Oh, get this though. Here's another thing. The last entry in her log was dated ten days earlier. That's actually a week under maritime laws. That it's, is not true. It's not true That's at all. Not true at all. Prove me wrong. You know what? We're just gonna. Go. <laughs> <laughs> he forgets that Google exists. Yeah. <laughs> so she had left New York City uh, for Genoa on November 7th. Ooh, and I hear she, they have good salami. Yeah. And when they found her, she was still stocked Genoa well salami. with provisions. All of her food and everything, there's plenty of stuff there. Her cargo of denatured alcohol was intact, and the captain and crew's personal belongings were still undisturbed. And sadly... None of those who had been on board were ever seen or heard from again. (laughs) (laughs) I would actually uh, prefer uh, Vincent Price laughing maniacally there. (laughs) None none was seen or heard from again. (laughs) Like the... uh, (laughs) Yes. Like the beginning uh, or end of... um, Thriller? Thriller, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, we're not allowed to talk about Michael Jackson songs anymore. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They don't exist anymore. They don't exist. Well, since that uh, Finding yeah. Neverland, yeah, whatever. Finding Le- Neverland. No, le- Leaving Never. Which <laughs> Leaving Neverland. Yeah, yeah. I guess we wouldn't want to find it. <laughs> uh, so, in a nutshell, that's kind of the story. You know, it, it's crazy. Ships are found all the time. Back in the day, shit happened all the time. This one just sticks out because it's such an odd story. It's one that has persisted through time. And and, and there was one one additional aspect that's that kind of adds to the creepiness. No, I is, covered all of it. I'm sorry, moving on. John, <laughs> you had something to <laughs> Well there was a apparently there was a long rope hanging off of it, uh or you know, attached to mm-hmm. it that they found trailing in the water with the end of it was frayed. Frayed. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, obviously that adds some the life some creepiness boat, to The lifeboat was missing. Well, um, didn't you ever see uh, Cabin Boy? They always had him on the little raft behind the boat. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, uh, who's the guy? Um, uh, Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott vehicle there. Yeah. yeah. Th- a few, you know, you're right. There were some other creepy things. Now, if you've read about this, you might have read Eggs Were Still Cooking. 
There was this faint smell of tobacco <laughs> right, in the air. Yeah. That actually all Chairs came... were overturned. Crows were on the mast. <laughs> but, but like the, there was a bunch of detail that you might have read that were, it was like literally abandoned three minutes ago. Yeah. There's, there's two problems yeah. with that. There's two problems. The first number one, three minutes is like two hours in maritime. In maritime yeah. Hell yes. But hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> in all seriousness, it takes a it takes a while to sail up from one ship to another. It could they couldn't have just left three minutes ago and the people sailing up wouldn't have seen it. Like Right, yeah. right. Yeah. The crew were Navy SEALs. <laughs> I mean, but they escape out the bottom. Uh, second <laughs> Uh, second, that actually uh, most of that detail comes from a uh, a story written mm. by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, he wrote a story called the Marie Celeste, not the Mary Celeste, the Marie Celeste, Pretty uh, Marie in which Celeste. he basically tells a a much more haunting version of this story. But he, it, it's all fiction, and that's where they get that you could still smell burning tobacco as they got on. You know, there were there were there were still hot coffee. Steaming out of its I don't know mug. if you had my grandparents' house, it always felt like burning tobacco, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. And, and coffee and ham. Yeah. But there yeah, was, there certainly were enough creepy... But it was based on this, right? It, it was, was based on, on this, this. The true he, he story. Call, maybe the, calling it the Marie rather than the... Mar- uh, was Got a around nod. copyright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been a nod to the fact that his was fiction. Right, you know? right. Uh, but regardless, those details That's aren't true. Sir Arthur However, there Doyle. were... Th- I, I believe I said that. I know, I'm just saying that's Sir because he's known for... The Holmes stories, Sherlock. Mr. Holmes. <laughs> That's him. Right. That's him. Um, <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. The, uh, no, the only one they no, ever made. The, the clip. Yeah. The, 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 um, like the Robert Downey Jr.? The Robert Downey Jr. one. Mr. Holmes. <laughs> Mr. Holmes. The, there were plenty of details that actually were creepy. Like we yeah. mentioned in the intro, the, 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 the fact that there's a children's dress being uh, it's halfway through being sewn in a sewing machine and just left there. And the we, sewing machine's oil isn't overturned. Isn't overturned and open. Right, 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 right. So there's plenty of creepy details. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into some more. We'll get into details, a lot yeah. more of those. Uh, there's a lot with the captain. Um, the captain of the, the De Gratia uh, was friends with the captain of this ship that uh, of the Mary Celeste. There's, there's a bunch going yeah, on. Yeah, we're going to get into all that. Since we need to get into that, let's head a break. But when we come back, what's her backstory? What could have happened what's to this back, intre- intrepid crew of the Mary Celeste, who was only on what was supposed to be a three-hour tour? Oof, coming that's up true. On Hysteria 51. I want to know what happened to the professor. I, I want to know what happened to Marianne and Ginger. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages yeah. was the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, 
There's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Arr, arr, you gonna finish that dress? <laughs> no, no, just leave it, John. This isn't any. You know worse. what a, a pirate's favorite element on the periodic table is? What is it? Argon. No, really. <laughs> do, you, do you know a pirate's favorite letter in the alphabet? <laughs> What's that? Can you guess? B. No. What is it? Well, you'd think it'd be R, but no. Tis the sea they love. <laughs> oh. Mine is funnier. 
Uh, do you know what a pirate's favorite rating for a movie is? In C-17, because they like titties. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. All right, so back on the Mary Celeste. She had a shady past before all of this happened. Like it's most of the women in your story. life. Yes, shady, shady past. Producer Lisa really, really loves that joke. <laughs> She's smiling back there. That's a smile. I said most. Oh. It oh. did. I did not say mm-hmm. oom. She was originally named Amazon. Now, that's the ship, not my wife. <laughs> just, just clarifying there. Switching gears a little you bit. You got me with that one. <laughs> it was actually renamed after a bunch of mishaps, including <laughs> sudden illness and, and death of its first captain and a collision with another ship in the English Channel. So this thing was just... Should have named her Lucky. Yeah, right? So they build this thing. It goes out for its first voyage. The captain says, I don't feel well. It actually has to return to where it came from. And he died of... Missing the sea. uh, (laughs) Like scarlet fever or pneumonia or something. something Uh, Scarlet uh, fever sounds good. Let's uh, go with that. A handful of days later. My mother had scarlet fever. She was bedridden for nine months while she was in high school. Wow. Was yeah. she in Was she in Victorian England? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it messes with your heart, so she had to, like, heart, like, had to be careful for the rest of her life. Yeah, that's, that's no fun. Man. Um, so then, and then later, uh, a few years later, it's just leaving a port in the English Channel, runs into another ship and sinks it. Right. Like this. Sinks the other ship. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of weird, bad stuff happened to this ship in a pretty short amount of time. They're like, I don't think the Amazon is a really good ship. We're not going to get rid of yeah. it. We're just going to rename it. Slap a new coat yeah. of paint on her. You know, though, they say renaming a ship is bad luck unless it's done right. And I, I, I tend to think they didn't do it right. I actually looked it up because you want to make sure you know how to do it. So we're going to teach everyone how to rename a ship. Wow. First... You remove any trace of the old name. That includes, you know, keychains, which really wouldn't have been a thing then. Hull logos, life rings that might have the name on it, sail bag tags, anything that had the name on it. Fine China. Get rid of it. Finest of China. Then number two, you perform a ceremony. Choose your own adventure there. I can handle that one. Form a ceremony. Kalima, I must Like an ancient pagan ritual. Then you make a sacrifice, and that sacrifice isn't as ominous as it sounds. Uh, it really just means you smash a bottle of Smash a bottle of alcohol on the, on the hole. <laughs> you, somebody, you hear some some chanting going on. And they you, you knock, on knock on the door. What's going on in there? Uh, we're renaming the vi- the vessel. Don't worry about it. You walk in. Uh, <laughs> We, we, what are you doing? Uh, th- why is there a dead body right there? We're I said a sacrifice. The vessel. We 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 need to like break a bottle of alcohol. Oh, Ted, Ted, you got me. No, <laughs> That's got my me, dead Ted. daughter. <laughs> Guess we didn't need to do that, huh? <laughs> Just a bottle of champagne. Well, <laughs> you win this one, Ted. So wait, you sacrifice a bottle of alcohol? Yeah, you just. Like, smash it on the hole. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Seabot C- would prefer the daughter. Right. Yeah. And then uh, the fourth, <laughs> you just rename it ASAP. You got to get that name on there. Put it in Sharpie. It's fine. <laughs> just, just get it on get there. It on there. <laughs> Otherwise, though, literally, and this has been since way back when, they said a lifetime of bad luck and disaster would happen to the ship. There is so much superstition when it comes to sailing. Mm-hmm. Do you know you're, you're not supposed to leave on a voyage on a Friday? It's really bad luck. Really? 
Not supposed um, to have a woman aboard. No, you're not supposed to. Have, not, uh, yeah. you're, uh, oh, and you know how sailors are all t- t- traditionally thought to be like tatted up with earrings. Mm-hmm. That's all. Like it's good luck to have tats. It's good luck to have earrings. Uh, like all. Sea mom. So- <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to be a sailor. Well, if she was a sea mom, she would have known that. Sea mom. Sea <laughs> mom. But there's a tremendous amount C-mom. of superstition. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, C mom. <laughs> where yeah, where is C bot? Right behind yeah. you. Where's where's the nowhere near the sea? I'll tell you. No, I'll tell you that. In the sea. Yeah, we'd love that, but he bubbling won't, as he sinks, he won't get anywhere close. He won't get close to the bathtub. Yar. That's just cause I know what John does in there. <laughs> I'm gonna put I'm you in the bathtub. Right. Get close, and I'll fucking cut you. One lump or two. Let me grab that booty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the actually was an investigation into whether payment for the grant uh by the the insurance of the mm. celeste was actually going to pay the degrada degratias degratia mm. uh their crew for salvaging the ghost ship but they found no evidence of foul play and we'll get into the what foul that means imagine finding a ship then being tried for murder almost like you yeah. find a ship and they're like you know what uh great we don't want to pay you so um let's look into your past i mean maritime law he who dealt it Killed it. <laughs> yeah, that's who found it, murdered it. Yeah, you know, that's I think the way it goes. Her story doesn't stop there, though. Mary Celeste would uh, pass from owner to owner over the next twelve years. Then, because all good captains tend to do this, you know, all good captains go to heaven. Her last captain deliberately ran her aground in Haiti as part of an attempted insurance fraud. So Man. she had that going for her. John, tell us a little bit more about that's the how actual I get, story. That's how I get rid of every car. Yeah, just running around yeah. in Haiti. <laughs> the hardest. Yep, yep. Get that there's hard. I, but once it's there, it stays. And I make a lot of money on insurance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Here's the about her crew, her life, things like that. Let's 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 talk about the the actual the Mary Celeste and the crew that surrounded the event yes. that we're that we're going into today. The captain was named Captain Benjamin Briggs. Uh, he was from uh, Wareham, Massachusetts, uh, born in 1835, and he was one of five sons of a sea captain named Nathan Briggs. That's Nathan Boom Boom Briggs, if you looked into it. So the sea was in his blood. You just made that. Uh, Nathan, Master of Mayhem Briggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was very uh, sick because of that, by the way. I mean, when C, C in, gets in your blood. Oh, it's... you got C in your blood. I think you should do cocaine about it. That's what the doctor told him at the time. <laughs> so, uh, and his dad, uh, it said later, so this is an interesting uh, aside to the story. His dad had lost a ton of money making a big investment when they were all kids. They were about, he and his brother, Captain Boom Boom Briggs, were about to make an investment into a hardware store. And I, like, uh, the, I believe it's pronounced hardware. Hardware. <laughs> Um, At <laughs> the last minute, he pulled out and instead, uh-huh. and, <laughs> and never had a kid. Uh, no, uh, he pulled out and did not make that investment. And instead, invested in the Mary Celeste and became her captain. Um, so that that was kind of put he, in a large amount of money. In, yeah, his his life savings. He yeah, into, yeah, 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 yeah. In 1862, he married his cousin. Uh, Sarah Elizabeth Cobb, because, you know, that's not weird. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, they then, of course, had two inbred children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't say Arthur that. Arthur Old did have Flipper two. was the boy. <laughs> yes. He was born in 1865, and the daughter, Sophie One-Eyed Matilda. <laughs> in, in 1870. Funnily uh, enough, One-Eye was just a nickname. Yeah. She actually had three years. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they they buy you know he's in the Mary Celeste. Uh, he's going to take her out on her first voyage uh, uh, after an extensive refit, and they're going to go to Genoa, uh, as I mentioned before, to get some salami. Mm-hmm. And, but then also to bring the denatured alcohol. The we're here. An important part to this story is the wife slash cousin <laughs> and daughter come along. They leave Flipper at home, uh, Arthur. <laughs> yeah, because he's. Th- this is the way the story goes. He's in school and they don't want to disturb it, which seems weird because <laughs> old Flipper would have been born for the sea. You one would think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I love the idea of him like coming home from school and be like, Ma, Dad. Where are you guys? <laughs> Come on. It's not funny. He actually yeah, talked hiding. about He didn't have a flipper though, but he was born this is true though with only one eye and back in the day at that time they would put a wooden eye in as like I think they use like ceramics and stuff now. He wanted to marry the neighbor girl who had a hunchback. And I guess at that time like the family's talking they they work those things out. The problem was he went over to ask for her hand in marriage, and he said, "She just gave it to him." Would you marry me? And she goes, "Would I?" He goes, "Fuck you, hunchback!" And they never got married. (laughs) Jesus, that was elaborate. (laughs) This whole fucking thing. (laughs) A five-minute setup. (laughs) That joke was uh, bigger than a Walmart. (laughs) If you place a picture side by side. This is your fault. I, maybe you guys didn't read the pages I read. This is this is your fault. Obviously, the two. I did more research than both of you. <laughs> Regardless of that, he leaves his son. He takes his wife and daughter on the ship, and they get going. Also, they had a decent crew. He uh, a later testimonial described them as peaceable and first class sailors. Yeah, somebody had sailed with a family when they'd write letter would say like, "Hey, they seem like they know what they're doing." Sarah actually informed her mother that the crew appeared to be quite capable if they continue as they become. She was actually quoted as saying, no way will they rape and kill us and scuttle the ship and leave it to a mystery for the ages. So they had that going for them. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) All right, Brent, we should go to a break. But when we come back, let's talk about what the evidence suggests actually happened. Yeah, we've done a lot about talking about nothing. Let's get to what happened and, and, and all that shit. What does the evidence actually suggest? Probably a learning disability and prominent physical deformities. The ship! Not, 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 the, not the product of, of the cousins marrying now. It's <laughs> no. coming up on Hysteria 51. <laughs> I don't know, man. Cousins shouldn't fuck. They shouldn't. Let alone marry. Probably true. Well, first cousins. the thing i want to know how many people do 23 and me you know it gives you back like hey your fifth cut did you know that your fifth cousin lives you know two hours away from you like you find out who My all these people are <laughs> fifth cousins actually i think like you can pound we're, away we are all, oh i agree we're all cousins technically to, but, yes. i mean <laughs> scientifically that's, that's you know how like get, like the 63rd cousin like I mean, right you know. right like um but I want to know how many times it's happened. Like people, honest to goodness, no idea. Uh, you you turn it in and it, it tells you, it, oh how wow, there's somebody in my city, and then you know you find out who that person is. My first cousin is my wife or my <laughs> whatever. You know that's happened. Like you were adopted, right? You know right, right, I mean? right. Stuff like that, you, and the, <laughs> that casts a shadow over the over the marriage. <laughs> yeah. 
They call that the old Kentucky sat. Or I don't know. I don't even know. Shouldn't <laughs> the say old that. Kentucky uh, fill in the blank. Yeah, it's <laughs> a Mad Libs. <laughs> give me a give me an adjective. Give me a noun. All right, back to the scary ship, kids. Let's dive uh, back into the Mary Celeste. This is yeah, a scary ship. Yeah, this bitch is loaded. October twentieth. 1872, 1,701 barrels of poisonous denatured alcohol. And on Tuesday morning, uh, November 5th, Mary Celeste left Pier 50 with Briggs, his wife and daughter, and the seven crew members and moved into New York Harbor. We say they moved to New York Harbor because a storm came a-brewing, and they're like, well, we probably shouldn't try to sail through that. So they dropped anchor just off of Staten Island, and they waited it out. And that actually was the time the last letter from them was written. Sarah, because of the delay, wrote her mother-in-law... A letter, and it was quoted as saying, tell Arthur I make great dependences on the letters I shall get from him and will try to remember anything that happens on the voyage, which he would be pleased to hear. So finally, on the seventh, the weather clears and away they went. What'd they do then, John? Well, it should be pointed out that the Del Gradia, uh, who ended up finding them, was actually nearby in, in Hoboken, New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, the point is the captains uh, had common interest and actually knew each other. Like you said, they, they if you're a captain of that time in a small area, you're probably your drinking buddies or something along those lines. Uh, some stories even say that Morehouse Briggs and one other captain had dinner the night before the Mary Celeste left To hatch Harbor. a plant, I mean, say <laughs> good luck to one another. <laughs> the evidence that that actually happened is somewhat limited. Um, uh-huh. Conjecture, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Sustained. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it actually came from Morehouse's widow um, a number of years after the fact. And you know how women lie. Stop it. Just stop it. Uh, the Del Gradia departed for Gibraltar on November 15th, eight days after the Mary Celeste, following the same general route. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just kind of following behind them. They were headed for Gibraltar. Yeah. Uh, the Celeste was headed for Genoa. Then some stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah, halfway between the Azores and the coast of Portugal, about 1 p.m. on Wednesday, December 4th of 72, 1872, the helmsman reported a vessel about six miles distant heading towards the De Gradia, De Gracia. The ship was moving erratic and his sails looked odd to the captain in the Morehouse, and he, he thought something was probably wrong. Now, I say moving erratic, it was kind of just drifting, and the sails were, coming right for us. <laughs> the sails were only like halfway up. As they got close, he could see half nobody mast. on deck. <laughs> oh, I'm half mast all the time. <laughs> he could see nobody on deck, and he received no reply from the signal, which was, "Are you there? <laughs> you okay?" And he got nothing back. I'm sorry. Is anyone there? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Captain sent Devoe. He's like the first mate of his ship, and second mate John Wright. These are two people that were on the crew. He respected. He goes, "Hey, go check and see what's going on over there." And they found that it was a Celeste, and they found that it was deserted. But things were not terrible, but awry, I think is the best way to weird. say it. Yeah. The sails, like we said, were partially set. That's why it looked weird from a distance. They were in poor condition. Some of them were missing altogether. So if the ship had, I, I think, like five sails, three were still up, two were it, were just like broken or on the ground. And the riggings were damaged, and the ropes were hanging loosely over the sides, one of which, like you said, different rope, was hanging off the back of the boat and frayed like it had been cut or snapped. The main hatch also, the cover for it, was secure, but the forward and the rear or the lazarette hatches were open, and their covers were beside them on the deck. Like they had been blown open. Right, and the single lifeboat, 
it was gone. It was completely missing. Where's the yowl? Yeah. Also, the ship's compass had shifted from its place, and the glass over it was broken, shattered. And here's the other thing. Not enough water to sink it, but a lot. Three and a half feet of water were inside the hull of the ship. And the, what do they call that? The bilges? And then there is the ship's log. The last entry in the ship's daily log in the mate's cabin was dated 8 a.m. on November 25th, 10 days earlier. That's a week in maritime. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> it recorded Mary Celeste's position at 37 degrees, one north, 25 degrees, one west off Santa Maria Island in the Azores. The fact of that is that's nearly 400 nautical miles from the point where they found her. So if that's true, she'd been doing some drifting. She'd been out to sea. <laughs> Tokyo drifting. Uh, they also, I don't think that's what he meant. Vroom, <laughs> vroom. They also saw that the cabin interiors were wet, messy from water that had entered through doorways and skylights that were open. But others were fine and they weren't trashed. Everything that was supposed to be there was there. It was just wet. It's like a men's uh. bathroom. Everything's wet. You know? <laughs> then in Briggs, the captain's cabin, they found personal items scattered about, including a sheathed sword under his bed. Ah, superstition. <laughs> <laughs> Never have a sheathed sword under your bed yeah. on a ship. But most of the ship's papers were missing together uh, with the captain's navigational instruments. Yeah, so there was a lot of too. maps missing and, and uh, the kind of paperwork that you, if you were leaving... Uh, you the might ship, grab. you might grab on your way out. The sextant was missing. I should have bought that sextant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you should have. You should have. <laughs> There's another, uh, a few other pieces of navigational equipment were missing as well. Right. The compass was still there, but it, as you said, it was broken. But then here's the odd part, too. The galley, the equipment, everything was neatly stowed away. There was no food prepared or under preparation, but for all intents and purposes, everything was still there. There was still tons of food there. Yeah. It's not like they took Like, well, we better prepare to go, or if they got on another ship where they would need the, I guess... <laughs> Do you really need your navigational stuff to get into a lifeboat and try to row? I mean, maybe. I don't know. If you're if you're if you're getting navigational equipment, you would think you're you're, you're planning a ship for ship. a uh, a longer yes longer trip. Which yeah. is one of the right? strange things about this because where they where the Del Gratia found it, even going back to where they say it was, you could see land. It was really far away, uh, but it was you could see the Azores themselves. Yeah, they said that they thought that they were really close at one point, but they were actually like 120 miles away. So that's one of the things. Maybe they hopped into the boat and they're like, oh, we can get there. And they're mm. like, shit. Oh, shit. Well, like, they said this te- sextant was upside down. Yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> oh, you bastard. Zooms out on a huge open yeah. calm sea. The, the, the log did say that they had spotted land. So whatever decision they made or didn't make. Spotted land is just an English dish. (laughs) (laughs) Have it for breakfast. Yeah, That's all that meant. Part of your full English breakfast. (laughs) Spotted land and beans, please. With some blood sausage. Spotted land and sextant, please. (laughs) Um, So like you said, Brent, there weren't like signs of distress. There was no fire or violence. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, they left the, the shit open. They but the they, they're what, open. They, the, the sounding rod, uh, which is what they use to check out how deep the water is in the bilge, was not in its like place. Wherever you keep the sounding rod, it was just left on the uh, on bo- on the deck. Mm-hmm. It was just so it had been dropped wherever it was when they decided they had been to using leave. it. Yes, they had been using it. Yeah, to check the and it wasn't put away. Right. right now, remember that investigation of the crew we talked about of the 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 degratia or the gratia whichever you want to say 
So under maritime law, this is important, a salver could expect a substantial share of the combined value of rescued vessel and cargo. The exact word depends kind of on the degree of danger inherent in the salvaging. So if he fought off Somali pirates, uh, he'd get a little bit more than if he just ran up and found it. And that was what Morehouse wanted. He saw this and he's like, uh, hold up. Time out. Listen, I know my, my, my good friend, Captain Briggs is dead, likely along with his wife and child and crew, but I'm going to make some money on this. <laughs> yeah. And so keep us boys. <laughs> he's, headed, he's headed to the Gibraltar. He's like, we're bringing both of these with us. So it's 600 nautical miles away and back to get to Gibraltar. So Morehouse divides his crew of eight between the two ships, which has to be four. Hard. He, well, At least actually, four. <laughs> <laughs> actually, he kept five with him, four in him, and then sent three to the other three one. Three to the end. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not doing my work. <laughs> uh, he sent two experienced the guys and another one to the, the Mary Celeste. Yeah, DeVoe is one of them. Mm -hmm. yep. And luckily, the weather was calm pretty much all the way to Gibraltar, almost. And they were... Under man, so it took a long time, but they reached Gibraltar on December 12th of 72. The Mary Celeste had encountered some fog, so they actually were a little bit behind, and they came in the next morning. And she's immediately impounded, because that's what they do. The Vice Admiral Court has to prepare for it must have been years. a nervous time. Like, bringing you, it you, in. You show up, and like, well, where's the other one? Right. Where? And, you know, the next they're morning. Not, and that's they're a, not calling you on, on right. the radio. <laughs> it's a while to wait. DeVoe, now he was the, the first mate from, from the other, the ship, wrote to his wife that the ordeal of bringing the ship in was such that, quote, I can hardly tell what I am made of, but I do not care so long as I got it in safe. I shall be well paid for the Mary Celeste. He's made of cheese. Hmm. So they go to Salvage Court. Tell us about that, John. Salvage Court. Now you, you, dun, dun. you used to watch Salvage Court, right? In the 80s? All the time during the day. Yeah. When I was home from school. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Salvage Court. That's how Wapner got his yeah, start. Wapner we were all circling a Wapner joke there. No one knew exactly how to bring it in. <laughs> so the hearing was conducted by Judge Wapner. No, it was conducted by a guy named Frederick Sully Flood. Yeah. Well, he's that is a Sully great Flood? name. <laughs> Frederick Sully Flood. Tis a Sully Flood. Um, Attorney he, General of Gibraltar. Uh, he was also Advocate General and Proctor for the Queen in her Office of Admiralty. My God. Could you imagine being the guy that had to paint that on his door? <laughs> it's a big business card. Right. Ruin uh, your hand muscles. Uh, so, so historians have a, a particular view of Flood. He was described uh, uh, as a man whose, quote, arrogance and pomposity were inversely proportional to his IQ. So, yeah, oh, he was a high-feeling type who was an idiot. Yeah. Uh, uh, the sort of man who, once he had made up his mind about something, couldn't be shifted. The history looks at him kindly and fondly. Morehouse and his crew during this uh, during this salvage court, they, of course, testified as to what happened. It was noted also during the investigation that there were cuts on each side of the bow caused, they said, by sharp instruments. And they also found possible traces of blood, they said, on the captain's sword. But if I was the captain, I want to make sure my sword works. I've cut something. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. I mean, well, you find a blade in this house that doesn't have blood on it. Fucking A. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll wait. Uh, authorities, you're listening now. Uh, he, Brent lives in. No. Um, 
It was emphasized that the ship did not appear to have been struck by heavy weather, citing, uh, you mentioned this before, a vial of sewing machine oil found upright in its place. God knows that the guys that were on that thing for a long time couldn't have set it back up (laughs) as they were piloting back into the, you know, Gibraltar. But, uh, don't let things like that. This is you. This is kind of like uh, CSI. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> Won't be fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> Who are ye? <laughs> Instead of taking his glasses off, he takes his eye patch off. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually somehow less creepy somehow, than yeah. uh, what's his name doing <laughs> yep. that. Yeah. They also discovered stains on the rails that might have been blood. Everything was potentially blood, uh, together with a deep mark possibly caused by an axe. This is all what Solly Flood thought. Um, they made him think that uh, human wrongdoing led to whatever happened uh, rather than a natural disaster or something the like that. Human wrongdoing is a very open thing to say. Human wrongdoing could have been murder. It could have been, oh, we don't know what we're doing. Hey, raise the sails. Do I use an axe? You know, like, I mean, it's just a a crazy thing. Well, I I think the, I think what happened, and this is just a guess on my part, obviously I didn't know Mr. Solly Flood. They bring in a ship that's in really good shape for the most part, and the crew's gone like, oh yeah, who who knows what happened to the crew? And and he's like, that just doesn't sound, it doesn't sound likely to me. You guys obviously murdered these people and are trying to collect the the damage bounty everything's um, coming up more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna stop it and so no yeah. matter what the facts what facts came in he twisted them to make it look like Well, and you're gonna like with his conclusion his reports that he'd sent to the board of trade in london he added his conclusion that the crew had gotten to the alcohol ignoring the fact that you it wasn't foldable it, it would have killed them did you hear that seabot you can not drink it i drink whatever i want well, that's kind humans of can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do if they know how to party. <laughs> and he, he thought that they murdered the Briggs family and the ship's officers in a drunken frenzy, as one is to do. They had <laughs> cut the bows to simulate a collision, then fled in the lifeboat to suffer an unknown fate. I know when I get drunk, the first thing I want to do is fucking kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what really good, go good with this martini? I'm off. Death. First degree Death. murder. I'm also going to take my sword out, just hang over the side of the ship and scratch it up a bunch. First mate, <laughs> go to my cabin under my bed. <laughs> Please. Oh, no, you're not supposed to put it there, sir. <laughs> just don't tell me it's sheathed. <laughs> Flood actually thought that Morehouse and his men were hiding something, specifically that Mary Celeste had been abandoned in a more easterly location and that the log had been doctored. He couldn't accept that the Mary Celeste had traveled that far. I call kind of horseshit on that because they're in open water. Why couldn't it have traveled that far? Oh, it absolutely could. I mean, you have have strong channels there that can just take a ship. They find boats at sea that have been out there for... There's that one that guy died, and I not too long ago, and it was like five years or something like that, Mm -hmm. and someone finally found it, and they're like, oh, he had a heart attack. Yeah. Heart attack died on the boat. He was like... And people have done the math on this. You know, the channels are like highways. They they don't change. They they actually did the math on this, and it would have been very easy Mm -hmm. uh, for it to have... Trade winds catch you, and you go for a ride. Yep, you know, and yeah. that's just the way it goes. So, flood theories of mutiny and murder received significant setbacks when uh, they had, and I don't know what scientific analysis they did, but they someone went, 
They tasted it, yes. That's not blood. Actually, if they did taste it, they would have known because they say that it was probably lemon juice. A thing back then, (laughs) this is is so Um, (laughs) anti-productive, to to help their swords, before they sheathed them, they'd put lemon juice on the metal. (laughs) <laughs> oh, so, oh, that's mm, it's not that's, good for metal. No, no. but in that's a pinch, what they peed on it. That's yeah. what <laughs> that's what discolored it. But yeah, so it wasn't blood at all. Also, report commissioned by Horatio Sprague or Sprague, the American consul in Gibraltar, said that the marks on the bow were not man-made, but come from the natural actions of the sea on the ship's timber, like splitting. It, you know, as it as it shifts, because these are giant, mm. well, see, that's, giant sails. That's the point. They took a. Uh, they took a sword that had been covered in lemon juice and sheathed and some marks on the bow that happened to any ship and go, see, that's why there's been foul play here. Well, luckily, Flood, he was just trying to, you know, screw these guys over. It didn't stick the things he said. They could find no concrete evidence at all to support his suspicions. So he was forced to release the Celeste from the court's jurisdiction on February 25th. So it was there for a couple solid months. It was, was three, three months. The, the inquest list lasted three months, yeah. which is, a, and by the way, while this was going on, Morehouse, he needed to send other pieces of his cargo on. Mm-hmm. And so he did. And he sent his first or second mate to do it. Solly Flood's like, oh, well, see, that's proof you're guilty. You just got rid of one of the witnesses. Right. Like, dude, we've been here for three months. Right. What do you want from me? Right. <laughs> and, uh, the, and so, but, well, you know, what he ends up getting out of this. Morehouse really is a tainted reputation well, and nothing is solved. And mo- they, they got money, but they got they did. uh they the salvage fee they got was like a tenth of what they if he had brought it in and they go, "Oh, no problem, here's your salvage fee." It was yeah. like a tenth of that. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't worth the uh the juice wasn't worth the proverbial squeeze. So gentlemen, <laughs> there's some things that you look at this story, you got to kind of think what could have caused this because people were never seen from again. And the first one I'd ask you, David, like foul play. What what comes to mind when you think of foul play? What do you think could have happened? Oh, uh, murder, of course. <laughs> well, so like, yeah, I mean, you're at sea. There's marks, you know, in the the hull, some in mm-hmm. places uh, on the bow, the axe mark, whatever. Sword is found. Like, you know, of course, you're you're gonna think, well, mutiny is is there somewhere, but that really doesn't add up with what was said by. Um, the 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 letters mm-hmm. you know that that were written before you know uh, I, the, you wonder, the, what you just said the obvious foul play is is mutiny or 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 pirates coming and and killing pirates. them pirates yeah yeah the other version of foul play would be them becoming pirates right <laughs> so they, there's another ship a third ship that we haven't talked about ship X Y Z they they run up next to it they it's pirate it size. thank you uh, they run up against it steal kill those people steal it and they take it and whatever's on it is worth so much more money, they leave the Mary Celeste just to float away. Right. Now, this other one other way you could look at foul play is Morehouse and Briggs were buddies. Mm-hmm. And this was a very elaborate plan for insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. Right. They jumped on the, the ship was never found that way. And they let them off somewhere and they lived their days off somewhere expecting this money from Morehouse, which he never really got mm-hmm. because they were bamboozled because of the weird nature of what had happened because of Sally flood and so they just lived their days off everywhere and they let oh flippy live out his days in america because he was you know <laughs> meanwhile he's still sitting at home like is anybody coming home yeah <laughs> or, I don't- or, or, or. <laughs> yeah uh don't yeah, say any so- cars in the yard no. please come back <laughs> 
foul play is is a possibility, but there's other possibilities. The foul play seems the very unlikely given the fact that the ship was the haunted. circumstantial evidence <laughs> that, that uh, also them doing anything untoward with it. You, I, I think an important part of the story is that the wife and the daughter were on board. Mm-hmm. If I was going to go with foul play on that, I think it would have to be something with the insurance fraud scheme. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. These are also these people he was with, the crew that, that Briggs had picked are people, at least some of them, he had worked with before. And and were, by all reports, not just reports. Known to be salty sea dogs. <laughs> by all reports, were pretty upstanding as far as sailors go in the right. 1800s. So natural phenomenon is another one. To leave a perfectly good ship stock, though, shit has to have gone wrong fast in a hurry. Maybe a water spout they've talked about was coming, but why would you get out of that ship and get into a lifeboat unless you thought you could get away somehow? So there's a reason that some people believe the water spout is a possibility. Is it the rope? The rope, along with the the obviously the some of the sails having been down, mm-hmm. but remember we talked about the fore and the aft uh, hatches being blown open. A water spout changes the relative pressure in the area that, like yeah. a tornado does. So if the pressure changed, it, they could pop outward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a possibility that would also lead to you know some extra water being in there, not enough to sink it, but just enough mm-hmm. to be in there. On the flip side of that. I, I it would have to be a pretty weird and special water spout to do that stuff, but then not like tip everything else over. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, they, they always talk sea quake could have thrown them overboard, you know, stuff like that. There are multiple examples of sea quakes uh doing lots of bad things mm-hmm. to to ships uh, sinking them, but also just killing people on board. Yep. But again, it probably wouldn't look as pristine as it did. Right, right. You know, unless it, it, it almost flipped it or something. Right. They would all have had to have been conveniently on deck for some reason. At all at the same time. <laughs> which maybe that did happen. You know, do you want to spend all day under, you know, I, I don't know. I, there, there's also something that uh, came up when I was doing research on the Flannan Isles um, lighthouse, the um, the mystery of, of that one, um, where some folks disappeared from the small island uh, off the coast of Scotland. They talked about these things called rogue waves mm-hmm. that are just, you know, humongous and waves that kind of have look recently like they been proven to exist. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're very hard to uh, study because you don't know uh, where they are, where they, where they come from, when they're going to form. Uh, it's very hard to kind of spot one and they're so big. It's hard to get anywhere near to do any, you know, which could account for just about every damn thing on there. Water in the hole, the hatches, the, the some of the the masts being down, um, the hatches ripped off, the shattered compass, the and, other nautical things washed overboard. Yeah, possibly. and if they, like you said, were all on deck, bye bye. You know, even it, you, you can't hold on against something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the ship writes itself, and yeah. there you go. Now, natural phenomena, whether it's a rogue wave, a sea quake, the water spout, all of that still doesn't sound right. Right. I don't yeah. think, uh, based on again the evidence that w- that was put forth, what the, what the the shape things were in when they boarded. Yeah, one of my favorite ones that kind of ties it up nicely is um, you were talking about the bilges and things like that. Pump congestion. She had a lot of water in the hole, three and a half feet, an alarming amount, not enough to sink it. 
the Mary Celeste had actually been used to transport coal. That was her main job before this, this whole, this, right. or this voyage. Coal dust gets everywhere. And the pump was found actually disassembled on the deck. That's an important part. The crew may have been attempting to repair it because it was full of coal dust congestion. And they think that since the hole was packed full, and you you said the rod that they used to measure it was found above, you know, up on deck. The captain would have no way of judging how much water had been taken on board because he couldn't, if there was rough seas, he couldn't get down there and probe it. So he goes, oh, you know, the we're, we're screwed. They also had a chronometer on board, and they believed that it was faulty. I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> right? Meaning that Briggs could Dual spit and tipler sinusoids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- thanks, T-Tour. <laughs> T-Tour. Meaning that Briggs could have ordered abandoning the ship, thinking that they were close to sinking. And in fact, they, 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 they weren't. It wasn't that much water in there. And also thinking that they were right by Santa Maria Island when actually they were 120 miles west of there. Also, a little known fact in this case, they did not bring an altimeter with them. That is true. I, I think that's the, <laughs> the biggest problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, where are we? Sea level, sir. <laughs> Check it again. I don't believe it. Sea level, sir. Says <laughs> sea level. <laughs> Keep checking. Yes, sir. <laughs> I would like a report back on every half hour. <laughs> you got it. Other thing, we got to get this one in. Paranormal. Aliens. So the other thing, can a ship just be bad luck? I mean, this thing has had bad luck from the beginning. Yeah, it's it cursed. It is, it, maybe it is cursed. There could have been a dimensional shift to the little wormhole. They 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 went in slide. Yeah, the people they slid, <laughs> slid. Did you see that post? Uh, sliders the, coming back. I know. Sliders coming back. Is it really? Well, they're talking about. I don't know if it's a reboot. But they use the real people more like a restarting. A bring of it, back. A yeah, uh, yeah. Will Jonathan Rise Davies be a part? He's of one it? of the people that is is wanting it. Yeah, it was the best part. Aliens. They just got abducted. It was they a, got abducted by aliens. It was wow. a, you know, it was an experience of the fourth kind, and they go, you know what? We're going to stay cocoon style. Take us to your planet. <laughs> I want to not ever get sick. Other one that is probably really realistic and happened. It was the Kraken. It was the yes. Kraken. Yeah. I see monsters of some type came up from the depths. Or the siren song of mermaids lulled them to mm. their death. Uh, but see, that's supposed to lull them with the ship to crash the ship, too. No, they don't. They, they just, they, they they just like, jumped yeah. on the yowl and went. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got Carried, it. Carried on the wind. <laughs> now, we know that it was a paranormal thing. with Fact. But let's just say for a second. <laughs> it that, has an actual explanation. <laughs> that, that there's a different explanation other than that. A really interesting one um, has to do with a flash explosion. Pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me walk you through this. So we, we mentioned before there were 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol. On the wall, 1,701 bottles of denatured, <laughs> denatured alcohol. Take one down, pass it around. Suddenly you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Dimensional rift. <laughs> I like that they stuck that one extra one. We yeah. can get one more. One more. <laughs> Shove it in, lads. <laughs> what we haven't mentioned yet is nine of those barrels were empty. The empty barrels are recorded as being made of red oak as opposed to the rest of them, which were made of white oak. Why does that matter? Well, red oak is known to be a more porous wood than white oak. Morris so, porous. Yes. Yes. Porous. It gives it a chance more likely to leak. I mean, in nine barrels, there's something like... 
3,000 gallons or something. Thousand, I don't know. I, I'm messing my There's a mind lot out. of alcohol. There's a lot of alcohol there. How many hogsheads? Uh, and it's in a hold that is, that is not airtight, but, you know, certainly, uh, in, in, enclosed, yeah. enclosed. So there's a theory that, you know, I mean, these people are smoking pipes and there's lots of, I mean, yeah, you have coal fires to, to cook your food. And, uh, there is a theory that goes that, these fumes or vapors from the red oak barrels built up. Somebody goes down, you know, lights a pipe or whatever, and there's a flash fireball. Nothing that's going to actually kill anyone or destroy the ship. Uh, just the kind of fireball, like when you see people like blow a fireball in college. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's very uh, interesting looking. It makes a sound and nothing really happens. Well, Captain Briggs again had his daughter and his wife. So if they're smelling this smell and they, this huge fireball and it, it, it also, oh. it blows open the fore and the aft, uh, uh, uh abandoned ship. Yeah. Let, guys, let's abandoned get out of here. Abandoned ship. You mentioned before the, um, the rope that was trailing behind. We again. don't have time, sir. So I've killed your daughter. <laughs> You're next because I love you, sir. Always have. <laughs> And now for myself. <laughs> Wait, got to get these bodies overboard. So Blood the, on the railing. The thought process is... Hold up for a second. Sorry, keep going. Oh, wait, if I keep going here, he's just going to interrupt me. No, again. no, not at all. It's out of my it, system. The, okay, good, good. Like the denatured like alcohol. Like the denatured alcohol, right. <laughs> uh, so the thought process is that he's basically just frightened for his family's life. So they all hop on... All I mean, it's only 10 people. They hop on the, um, on the lifeboat. Mm-hmm. They leave some of the sails up so it keeps going in the right direction. They tie a rope. They tie a rope yeah. to the lifeboat and basically just float behind it in until, case it explodes yeah. until they get there or get close or whatever. Um, or it, my dad did kinda... that with a Bronco we had in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> just let it keep going. We'll be back here. Or, or in, in case, or, or to like let it air out, or yeah. like whatever right. it needed to do. Whatever to... it needed to do. Here's the problem: that rope breaks. You are on a lifeboat with conceivably no oars. What a horrible feeling! And it just uh, you just watch right. exactly. And so yep. there, you're watching the jeep go on while you're on your hoverboard. And you've let go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Biff Tannen's behind Biff. you. And so you they just were lost to the sea eventually. They were stewed but wad is what you're getting at. They were what? It's from your stewed but wad. Sorry, keep going. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so they they're they're eventually I mean, the lifeboat's not gonna make it out there in the middle of the Atlantic. They're lost to the sea. Uh in swoops the uh de gratia and uh and like, oh wow, there's no one on here. Where'd they go? Mm-hmm. It's really incredible that people piece those things together that's a really realistic thing that could happen in 2006 the college of london i might have that wrong some university in london tried to recreate the fireball this had been a theory for a long time about the mary celeste but it was dismissed because there was no sign of like scorching or anything Mm -hmm. like that and what they proved recreating this fireball was that you could have a really flashy big explosion and not actually damage anything yeah yeah and so that's why again Plus, it might everything be down a, there's wet too yeah it's a great point uh so it might not be as uh damaging as they thought and so that that's why it became a theory again so that's that's another thing. i like that one that one kind of trims it up for me and that's i mean i think it's way more likely something like that happened and it's easy to just blame things on oh men are evil but i would have probably tried to salvage it too I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? I, I like the idea of... Aliens? 
uh, of aliens. The, that of of them uh, getting off the the boat to let it either air out or they're afraid of it exploding, and then uh, a squall blows up. You know, some some bad yeah. weather comes up. It snaps the rope because of rough seas. Probably high waves smashing the ship right and left gets the water in the hold. Uh, it tears up the rigging, and then then you're just left with you know the disheveled remains of a unlucky ship, uh, mm-hmm. and no and no survivors yep. in a lifeboat it's lost just a, to sea. A, a series of bad events, one on top of one another, mm-hmm. an unfortunate series of yeah, events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Whether it was a fireball. Or whether it was um, some other fear uh, yeah. of something else happening on the ship. Maybe there was, uh, you know, I mean, them seeing the water. Maybe they just thought maybe they weren't great sailors and they kind of thought it was sinking, mm-hmm. you know, and they wanted to, hey, just in case, let's float behind it for a while and we'll just keep our eye on it. And hopefully there's nothing wrong and we'll get back on the ship. Mm-hmm. Just not thinking that if this one rope, this one lifeline detaches, we're screwed. <laughs> And it did, whether it was a squall, like you said, or whether the the rope just broke. Yeah. I'll give you something to squall about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's weird to uh, get, get in a, a lifeboat, tie it to a ship that's still got some masts uh, up. Yeah. Why not put them down and let it sit? Why not drop I mean, anchor? I, I was saying masts. I mean, sails. Still, yeah, yeah. Like either. And if and if not uh, drop anchor, just at least tie up the sails so that it's not... You don't have that that you're not pressure. Going yeah, yeah, you're you're Oh, the pressure on the rope, you mean? The pressure on the rope to and besides you I mean, I get it. You can put a a stick on the um uh the wheel to keep it from, mm-hmm. you know, turning or whatever and set it in a certain direction, but that's pretty irresponsible even for yeah. dumb sailors. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you still need to control where you're going a little bit when you're out there. Well, I I unless suppose, they don't think they're going to be out there for, or unless they minutes. left in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, there is the possibility that after, like, if there was that fireball, it's like abandoned oh God, ship. Yeah, yeah like, because got, if the rest of it goes up, that's a problem. Right, yeah. right, because that's an explosion. Yeah, you're done. You're cooked. It's not like a fire. You're uh, immediately done. So let's get the fuck off of this thing, and yep. um, as soon as possible. We're not really thinking that the the sails being up is one way or the other. Yeah, you just know that you're going to die if you don't abandoned ship I, I don't know i mean it's all supposition that's the that's the really cool thing about this story not not that people likely died right but they will never know probably not the, and and then just blame it on the the dipshit that that ordered the uh, red oak barrels right like <laughs> it's crazy only nine of them well thankfully i guess right you know and they were empty weren't they didn't didn't they were compl- yeah they were empty. empty it's that's that's weird too oh uh, that i mean that's it. The vapors just over, yeah. like just continuing to seep out. You know, um, <laughs> plus they might have been filled pre, and they could have been low when they went in there. Maybe not even realized it, right? You know, as they were sitting in that was a, a warehouse, a dock, something like Ted that. Ted in procurement. Nobody's blamed Ted in procurement. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you mean I wasn't supposed to buy the red oak? They were cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our thoughts on this nation. What do you guys think? How can they tell us, John? Hop on Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook discussion group. Go to Facebook, search Hysteria Nation. We'll talk about this episode and a whole lot more. Also, you can be on Facebook.com slash Hysteria 51. It's our regular page. Yeah, actually, it's Hysteria 51 pod. It's our regular page where we will update all of the new episodes. That's right. At Hysteria 51 pod. If you're on Twitter, look us up on Instagram. If you're into the gram, (laughs) Patreon.com slash Hysteria 51. You can find 
all sorts of extra episodes. And Brent was into the gram in the eighties. Fun things, yeah. You know me, I snorted up in my my primitive years. Please don't be into the gram in my bathroom. <laughs> Voicemail. You want to hear yourself on the show? Seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. Again, seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. Let's throw one at him. We we're over on time, but let's do one real quick. John, how's that sound? I can't wait. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Rob calling from the bourbon capital of the world, Barstown, Kentucky. I just want to say I love the show. I'm a relatively new listener and uh, trying to get caught up on some of the old episodes. But while going through some of the episode titles, I realized maybe I probably shouldn't do that after drinking bourbon because I came across one that said alien implants, and I thought the damn thing said penile implants. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? I don't want to listen to two guys talk about how to get broken dicks to stand up. It was, a, it was a weird season. I realized the air of my ways, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll listen. Pretty good. But anyway, just want to let y'all know, keep up the good work. Sweet. Try to get some more than goddamn flat earthers on there. It's just the funniest stuff, stuff I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work. And see bot Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and funnily uh, enough, next week on uh, History Fifty One, penile implants. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, he he actually knew that that David was going to be on today, and mm-hmm. and to to the kind listener that just left that voicemail, I want to say that the opinions of bad things about Kentucky are Brent's and Brent's alone. <laughs> oh no, they're not mine alone. <laughs> I love Kentucky. I used to work in Paducah when I was in college. Paducah. So, uh, Paducah! Paducah! Every time I say it, a fireball Paducah. flies out. Paducah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, David, thank you so much for being on again. Our our intrepid Kentucky-born podcast friend in the lower fourth, Blurry Photos. Tell them about it. I will. And uh, thanks again for having me on. It's always a pleasure, oh, guys. It's, it's a blast. Yeah, of course, you can go to blurryphotos.org. To find all of my past episodes, 200 plus odd uh, episodes on there. Lots of fun stuff. Big variety. You know, uh, Apple Podcasts, I'm on there. All the podcatchers should be on that stuff. Blurry Photos uh, podcast on the, what is it, apostrophe gram? Yes. I'm on the gram. The gram. Uh, blurry underscore photos on Twitter. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to be on here. Check these guys out. They were on a, a not... Not too long ago episode yeah, of... Uh, yeah. Within the year, maybe? About a year? Oh, maybe yeah, at, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking about the uh, the hollow moon. That was the, a, a the fun time. that the moon is hollow. <laughs> Talk, talking about the, the solid data uh, We're talking about your uncle, David Icke, is what we were doing on that one. <laughs> How is he? Oh, he, he is as crazy as... Uh, <laughs> You you would want crazy uh, as a Spring Hill Jack, crazy as <laughs> crazier than a Jack slap. So yeah, come listen to me be worse than a brute on uh, <laughs> Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Blurry photos. Oh, so with that said, I've been Brent. I've been David. I've been John. He's been conspiracy, but stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod.
You've been listening to a fourth hand shine.